Hey, Mark. Hi, Liz. What's going on? I'm over at your house, and I love coming over here Aww. because you always have some new treasures. What? What? What's my latest new treasure? The fish. My, I had a Volodymyr bed of fish. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. I had a, a beautiful little bed of fish uh, mm-hmm. named Amarika, mm-hmm. and she died. And so I got a blue and yellow one and named him Vladimir Zelensky. He's beautiful. And he's over there saving his tank from invaders. <laughs> yeah, it's right over your shoulder. I can see him. But yes. But yes. we had the greatest Facebook interaction. Sorry, Instagrammers. I'm going to figure out a way to pose questions like mm. this for you as well. But I thought, you know, hey, if Taylor Swift has Swifties yeah. <laughs> and Jimmy Buffett had parrot heads, yep. what are we? That's a great and question. we got so many, we got know. Th- over 300 responses to that it. That is great. And a lot of people were saying, you know, the grannies or the cousins yep. or the grandkids. Yep. That was a good one too. Yeah. But Donna Abbott had the winner. Yeah. She said, we're Betty's. Yeah, I, com- Isn't I saw that. that so I'm cute? I'm 100% behind that. I know. So thank you, Donna. Yeah. There was another girl who also said Betty's, but she came okay. in a couple of hours after You have uh, to be Donna. in on it. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? Yes. To but Donna was first. Betty. And so we're now the Bettys. So, hey, Bettys. Hi, Bettys. Welcome to the uh, episode 24. Mm -hmm. Of course, as usual, we like to recap the things we talked about on episode 23. What the coolest thing was, was right at the beginning of last week's episode, Mm -hmm. we discovered that Louis Hartzell was a boarder. Amazing. I know. I just told my parents about that this morning. Oh, you did? Yeah, I said, didn't did you know that Louis lived next door to your grandmother? Like they live or not next door, but houses down in Bell. They had no clue. And that so she once was again, the cashier at the bank. That's right. probably where they where met. He, yeah. he probably walked her home. Right, right, right. And they fell in love. Yeah, yeah. We we also found Pickles Wallace. Mm-hmm. which was thanks to a listener. So you guys keep them coming because Seriously. I don't know what I would do without you. Mm-hmm. And Pickles ended up moving to California and dying in a in mental institution. Right. Oh, bless his heart. We had so much in the Bell Banner. Amazing, um, the Bell Banner. I don't know what I would do without it. Seriously. Oh, they, even in the Bell Banner, it talked about Louis Hartzell getting his job in Noble, Arkansas. Yes. So he's back working for the railroad, and that's wonderful. We met some more of our town people, and then of, oh, this was the episode where there was a nudist colony coming to town. Yes, that's right, <laughs> with the lady. And th- there was a, a scandal in the school because Bill stepped down from being yes, president, right. and then Bill stole some money. I know. And Elizabeth was so embarrassed, and she was so angry, and of course she was working worried about, you know, why did he do this to me? <laughs> right, right. She did two plays in the last yeah. episode, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, we had that adorable article where Margaret Davis was thought that someone was breaking into the McKinney's yes, house. That's right. Yes, and they that's called right. her a fluffy haired beauty. Yes, love that. <laughs> the Bell Banner never disappoints. I know, it's the truth. Oh, and then we had those people who got kicked out of the Baptist church. Yep. Oh my gosh, so much happened in last episode. <laughs> oh, but the biggest thing about this episode mm-hmm. was that we said farewell to Billy and we gave right. him his appropriate send off. Yep. Billy the Paris designer. Yeah. Then, okay, we always have these freaky things that happen. Yes. Like while we're doing this podcast, we'll hear like all that uh, civil conservation core stuff. Yeah. There was actually something in our newspaper this morning okay. about a man whose dad was in the CCC. He huh. was from Appalachia. He couldn't read or write. Uh-huh. He got a job with the CCC, learned to read See? and write, helped build the Blue Ridge Parkway. Wow. And his whole family were always such big supporters of FDR. Yeah. And in our paper today, 
Isn't that something? I know. And then everybody knows I love that podcast, Through Line from mm-hmm. NPR. It's where I got the idea yeah. for my wonderful listeners going, you, you, I'm yeah. Liz. From, mm-hmm. Welcome to My Grandma's Diaries. Mm-hmm. And they had an episode on the Lavender Scare. Mm-hmm. And that's the hunt for gay people when gay people didn't have rights. In um, what country? Our country. Ah. And what they were mainly talking about was how it started with McCarthyism. Mm -hmm. Because when McCarthy stood up and gave his famous speech in West Virginia, where he had a list of 205 communists Mm -hmm. that had infiltrated the government, Mm -hmm. he did not. He lied. Right. He had no And that started the scare. And then he, so then it started the hunt for, Mm -hmm. well, oh, we got to find some commies. Right. And they couldn't because there probably weren't any. (laughs) But more importantly, they targeted marginal people. Uh So if you were known to be an alcoholic, well, if you have that moral predisposition, maybe you're also a spy. If you're gay... Yeah. Maybe you also want to keep the secret so well hidden hmm. that you would sell secrets to Russia. And a hmm. lot of gay people were being villainized wow. in 1950, which is when Billy, yeah. with $28 in his pocket, uh-huh. decided to get the heck out of America. Wow. And so that kind of like pew, pew, pew sure in did. my brain and made Absolutely. me think maybe he was right. Because wow. Billy was a map maker for the government huh. when he was a sergeant. Okay. And then he was working for that map making company uh-huh. in New York when he decided to leave. It could have been a government contract. Uh-huh. And Billy hears that they're looking for government workers mm-hmm. and he's, you know, the the gossip would spread. He probably thought, I only have $28, but I'm gone. Get out of he here. He and Fernando Bach were like, let's right. go back to my house in Paris. Not wanted here. Yeah. Yeah. Well. You never know. But so then that he happened. came back. He came back in 1952, but he was mm-hmm. also established in an industry that wasn't going to run him out if he was a homosexual. Yeah, sure. He Fa- had found a, a safe industry for himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sweet, sweet, sweet Billy. And then definitely we ended in March and the family will be moving to Marble Hill, Missouri as soon as school gets out. So that was episode 23. Mm-hmm. So now. Hi, I'm Holly from Columbus, Ohio, and you're listening to My Grandma's Diaries. <laughs> Okay, so here we are for episode 24, and we're hopping right into the diary. April 2nd, 1935. Went to school all day. Went to town with Louise. Stopped in Fred's. Stayed with the store while he went to vote. Francis and I went back for supper stuff. After supper, I went down to Louise's. We listened to the radio and looked at material for Willard's suit. Bill waited on me to walk downtown. He was only a few steps behind me coming home. Why didn't I wait? Came home and listened to Mrs. Waddell and Mother talk. So it looks like Bill was hanging out. She saw him and ignored him mm-hmm. and walked on down the street. And then regretted Aww, it later. I know. Of course, of course she did. <laughs> right. But I do have a really interesting little on this day because mm. things are starting to heat up in Europe. On this day in 1935, Nazi Germany first revealed that it possessed anti-aircraft guns. Mm. It named Hermann Goering as the commander of the anti-aircraft force. And this was all forbidden in the Treaty of Versailles for Germany to have this institution at all. So this is one of their first times of going, we don't care what you say. We're doing what we want to do. Which we talked about Winston Churchill in last Mm -hmm. week's episode saying, hey guys, look out for Germany. And here they are saying, we're not even going to hide it anymore. 
This is what we're doing. So things are heating up overseas. April 3rd, 1935. Billy and I were walking down the street and Francis came along in the car. Daddy had just come home. We went to town with Leon and Daddy walked home with Bill. After supper, Billy came over and we read our play, Hobgoblin House. Mr. Kaiser gave out the parts this afternoon. I am Delilah the cook. We worked on bookkeeping. Huh. Another so, play. I, another play. They're just busy, busy. But, of course, Daddy just came home, and the bell banner must have been like walking down the street <laughs> yeah. going, ooh, because in the paper it uh-huh. said, Louis Hartzell came home Wednesday for a visit with his family. He will return to South Missouri Sunday afternoon. South Missouri. Okay. So he's traveling again. Maybe Poplar Bluff. Maybe mm-hmm. Marble Hill. No, right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, where Marble Hill is. Sure. Oh, why didn't they just say Marble Hill? Yeah, yeah. Well, I also was finally able to find one of these plays she's in, Hobgoblin oh, yeah. House. Okay, good. And it says, Miss Priscilla Carter is peeved because her two nieces have fallen in love with two silly young nincompoops. <laughs> <laughs> in retaliation, she purchases the grim old Hobgood House in the foothills of the Ozarks. And here she plans a safe retreat where the girls shall not see their lovers for at least six months on penalty of being disinherited. Just as luck would have it, they arrive on the very night that old Bluebeard Bronson, who once committed a murder in the house, is supposed to revisit the scene of his crime. Strange enough, the boys arrive to rescue the family from a desperate (laughs) band of crooks. Not until then does Miss Priscilla relent and give the girls permission to marry. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a cute little scary farce. We need to do our own reading, yes. We we should, oh gosh. Yeah, I know, right? Wouldn't it be fun? It would be fun. Hobgoblin house. Gosh, we could cast. We're all actors. We could cast it with our friends. We should. That would be fun. Make it a little radio play. That would be fun. Mark McKinney, you're a genius. No, but that would be fun. We're doing it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Let's do it. Okay, y'all. Hobgoblin house. I've got to. I Cheney, our friend Cheney, works for Samuel French. Great. We're gonna get a copy. Love it. Mm -hmm. That really is a great idea. April fourth, nineteen thirty-five. I am now 18 years of age. What shall I do to show my authority? We went riding with the folks after supper, parked downtown a while. Francis and I walked home. Quite uneventful, according to my previous birthday. I shouldn't complain. How can I show my authority? I was going to say, (laughs) I am now 18 years of age. What shall I do to show my authority? It's so funny because I have a daughter who's going to be 18 in a couple of weeks. You think that's how she she was like, it'll be great not to have a curfew once I'm 18. I'm like, oh, who said you don't have a curfew? Because, you know, mama stays awake because she's worried about you. But it's funny. They just hear 18 and it's this magical freedom. Right. (laughs) But on her previous birthday, she had gotten a purse and a compact from Bill. Oh. So she had a boyfriend. Okay. He was giving her presents. Uh-huh. It was more exciting. She was in Step Rock. No, no, she, she was, was here in Bell. Okay. It was from Bill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this time, again, no mention of a gift from her own family. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they just didn't do that. Maybe just they made you a cake and they made you feel special. Perhaps. That's, exactly. Honestly, that's great. Yeah. Because it saves a family money and yeah. you still are honoring the person. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should all do that. But that along Main Street feature of the paper where yes. they outed Bill yeah. <laughs> last week is still going. It won't last Billy. much longer. Yeah. But let's see. 
Yeah, so um, <laughs> this week's along Main Street had yeah. some fun things. First of all, I don't, I couldn't find out who they were voting for. It must okay. have been a local office because mm. in, along Main Street it says candidates seeking public office must not have their beer on election day, but it was a grand day nevertheless. Okay. And then underneath that, it says, father and dad disagreed over the election. We are reliably informed. Uh-oh. <laughs> what father? <laughs> yeah, does it not say? Yeah, uh, No. I mean, no election it, information. Because huh? it's all so vague. Like, who's yeah. Bill Underwood's friend? Or like, you know, <laughs> hey, Margaret, quit sending, what's his name, to the yeah. drugstore. I mean, it's all this, what? Nasty rumors. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but here was an interesting one. It said, hello, California. How's pickles? Aww. Oh. So pickles must get the banner out there because they talk yeah. about how they ship it everywhere, well, like Elizabeth to our got soldiers. It from Bell. She sure did. Yeah, he sent her. So, oh, yeah. that was kind of cute. So that was our along Main Street. For I that love week. it. <laughs> April 9th, nineteen thirty-five. Practiced this morning. Stayed home this afternoon. Mother finished my new plaid taffeta blouse and almost finished my skirt. I had to go to town after a buckle. After four, I went to the Davises. Went to town, got Francis an order from the depot. After supper, I went to play practice. Violet and I went with Sticky and Mr. Kaiser to get some light bulbs before it started. I knew all my part tonight. All right now. <laughs> so go there's girl. another bell nickname, Sticky. Sticky. <laughs> Sticky. <laughs> I'm telling you, you got to be careful if you live in Bell. I'm really? So they're going to they're going to nail you. But while I've been reading the Bell Banner, Mr. Kaiser's name had popped up quite a bit. Okay. And I tried to find him because he has an odd spelling. It's K Y S E R. Okay. And I couldn't find him anywhere. And uh-huh. like, of course, they keep calling him E A Kaiser, and it, he was impossible to find. Mm-hmm. But he'd only had the position of superintendent of the school for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So that would explain why he's not on the 1930 census. Ah. But turns out he gets fired. Oh, And it's mm -hmm. all over. It's sprinkled. You can see it coming in the bell banner. And I wasn't saving these things because I couldn't find him. So a lot of this is going to be coming from memory because Mm -hmm. things are going to start happening fast. But we first see grumblings with him being in charge when Bill quits as president. uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the newspaper says Mr. Kaiser has nothing to say on the subject. And they're disagreeing about plays and dumb things like this. And then I see that he fires, Mr. Kaiser fires the agriculture teacher Mm -hmm. and 21 students write a complaint about it and turn it into the school board. And a big school board meeting is called Uh and Kaiser gets mad and he tells them, you know, what the beep do you think I'm doing? And they print it. It's the H-E double hockey sticks word. That's not a bad word, but I don't want anyone saying I'm cussing. But he's like, what the beep do you think I'm doing? Uh I'm trying to run the school. Uh Uh-huh. What? Wow. And then he is either fired or he quits because he definitely is moving. And then he gets evicted (gasps) from the boarding house he was living in. And there was a little article in the Bell Banner that said something like, Mrs. Pierce um, is asking Mr. Kaiser to leave before his two weeks are up. <laughs> what wow. in the world? Drama. So yeah, it was a big scandal, and this is like a I, soap I wish opera. I'd paid more attention from the beginning. But mm-hmm. you know, well, since I couldn't find him, and I don't right. know what else happened of to him. Course. Isn't that crazy? That's wild, Sticky and Mr. Kaiser. And yeah, the, <laughs> and Sticky made the, the bell banner because mm-hmm. there was this little thing that said, "You can go on home, Sticky. Eli, make him bring me home." Huh? What I wonder what that means. I don't you, know. It's like they were sending cryptic messages it's to each like other. It's like weird tweets. Right. Right. <laughs> it's right. like a code. Right. 
like Isn't maybe that something go, go, I you love can it. go on home sticky what <laughs> What was Sticky doing? <laughs> anyway. Vague. <laughs> April 10th, 1935. Stayed home this morning. Tried on the jacket Mother is making me. This afternoon went to play practice until 4. Got a dance set from Uncle Turner and Aunt Kate. Louise came home with me and saw my new things. Mm. First of all, yeah. if she calls it play practice one more time, I might <laughs> pop my head open because it's rehearsal, that's, darling. That's how they used to say it back in the day. My play mom practice. used to say, um, have you fun, go to- doing acting. <laughs> <laughs> the skit. Doing acting. Doing acting. Um, But Uncle Turner is a big brother of Bess Underwood. He was born in 1883. In 1903, he marries Kate, Mm. and they had one son. In 1910, he's working as a city clerk in Kansas. But by 1920, they've relocated to Colorado, where he will work as an accountant Mm. all of his life. Even in the 1950 census, at the age Mm. of 74, he's still a working public accountant. Mm. He dies in 1961 and I don't know what happens to Kate but she's not buried with him mm-hmm. or she got abducted by aliens mm, could be so there you go these aliens are so busy in Missouri <laughs> look out Missourians <laughs> <laughs> or zombies yes. were we supposed to be zombies that's last right week? right Jeez, but that's, I was disappointed. that's oh, I know I had some brains well maybe not that many brains, brains. <laughs> April 11th 1935 went to practice this morning After dinner, I stayed home and tried to work a crossword puzzle. Violet came over and stayed a while. After she left, I went over to Margaret's and we went with her in the car. Went to Helen Kelman's and borrowed a smock to wear in the play. After supper, I went to practice. We didn't do so well and it comes off tomorrow night. Goody, goody. So Yay. I couldn't find Helen, Helen Kelman, yeah, okay. which was so unfortunate. I wanted to. But we have this week's yeah. Along Main Street. And this one starts off, we are glad to know that two of the eighth grade students are walking to school together again. Happy landing. Now, now what? Exactly. It, it, it says, <laughs> okay, we are glad to know that two of the eighth grade students are walking to school together again. And then in quotes, it says, happy landing. So maybe these eighth grade students had gotten in a fight and they uh, weren't right. being friends. Uh-huh. And now they're and friends now they're... again. And this makes the newspaper. Wow. Happy wow. landing is code. For I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. one of their last names is landing. Right. You know? Something. Yeah. Something. The next one, I know. The next one says, Dye your hair, girls. (laughs) A high school co ed went to Springfield last week and came back all blackened. Her hair? Calling a girl out for dyeing her hair. Uh huh. I mean, I I hope they thought it was beautiful. They could have said that. What is happening Who along is Main Street? Who is behind these words I is what I want to know. Whoever it is got tarred and feathered and run out of town uh, yeah. eventually. Uh, yeah, maybe it was This Mr. is the Kaiser. one that I had mentioned to you last week. Yeah. A previous issue accused one of two brothers of keeping a diary. Dash, they both do sissies. <laughs> mm, what? Wow. Oh, my God. Seriously. Do you know how many famous men have journaled that oh, you would yeah, not call sure. a sissy? What? And those boys know who they are. That's wild. That's so mean. That is mean. But Uh, this column doesn't last forever. No, no, no. It's coming to a a tragic (laughs) end pretty soon. But other little things we heard was, oh, this one says, Mm. waiter, colon, I don't care to listen to you, Mr. Gallagher. 
<laughs> was Gallagher being a Karen at a restaurant? Seriously, Sending yeah. back his soup with a fly in it? And then this one says, smoke may get in your eyes, but cigarette ashes get in Bill Terrell's hair. No. They outed him for smoking. Oh, my God. What if his mom didn't know? Right, for sure. I mean, this is mean. <laughs> this is terrible journalism. What the heck? I love it. Oh, I do, too. <laughs> yeah, there is more to come. April 12th, 1935. We practiced until about one this afternoon. After dinner, I fooled around here. Buddy came home with me from his house when I went to borrow an apron. Billy came by for me early, and we went up to the school. The play was a big success, even if we did get mixed up. I went riding into the restaurant afterwards with Erlene, Jean, and Aura. Didn't much want to go, but I did. Well, I'm sad to say that the paper did not review. I was going to ask Hobgoblin no? House. I guess that's the one that yeah, it's Hobgoblin House. They so review. They review the Baptist <laughs> play. I guess if you're not doing it in a church, right. they're not coming to see it. They review people's hair. Yes, but they don't they review Hobgoblin. They worry about this girl and her pretty black hair, <laughs> raven-haired beauty. Anyway, April fourteenth, nineteen thirty-five. Went to Sunday school and church this morning. We expected Uncle Lee and Ruth, or maybe Aunt Clara's folks, but no one came, and we had all worked so hard yesterday. After dinner, Francis and I went to mail a letter. We met Bernice and Aura. They went with us. We walked up the street, and Sticky Johnson took us to Aura's to get her. At last, we got started, so we went to see Gertrude, rode around in town, and went to the drugstore. Bernice came home with us. Billy came over after supper. Huh. Okay. Well, the first thing I noticed, which mm-hmm. I actually noticed just now, mm-hmm. is they went to mail a letter on a Sunday. Huh. Maybe they meant they just put it in put the it slot in the because so many things uh-huh. are open on Sundays uh-huh. in these small Missourian maybe, towns that you would think would be closed. Maybe that wasn't a thing yet. I don't know. Things are open on Christmas Day. Really? I mean, yeah. the drugstore's always uh-huh, open. Uh-huh. So I guess back then you just yeah. had to keep the balls rolling. But unfortunately, their family mm. didn't show up. But, aha, Sticky, I got a name. Johnson. Sticky Johnson. So I'm looking on all the census records for a Johnson boy, hoping mm-hmm. it was a boy in her age group. And the only one I found was Russell Johnson. He'd be about 18 years old in this entry. Mm-hmm. And when I type in into Ancestry, he pops right up. Mm-hmm. And I notice a census record with his name highlighted that I'd already looked at. Uh-huh. And I thought, huh. oh, okay, I'm losing my mind. Uh-huh. I've already met this guy. Uh-huh. How did I meet him? Right. You'll find out in a minute. Oh. Russell Sticky Johnson was <sighs> born in 1915 to Herbert and Sue Johnson. Herbert, his dad, was a barber. In 1938, Russell will attend Augustana, Augustana, Augustan. Mm, okay. Anyway, college in Illinois, where he's studying to become a school teacher. And in 1939, he comes home and he marries Margaret Davis, oh. our fluffy-haired our fluffy beauty girl. queen. Yes. Oh. So that's how we've met her before. <laughs> Sticky registers I for see. the draft in 1940. Uh-huh. He's described as being five feet, uh, nine inches, which is six feet in boy math. <laughs> yeah, right. He has blonde hair and blue eyes. And I have a picture of Mr. Oh, Sticky right. Johnson. Was he sticky indeed? He was cute as a button. Aww. That's what he was. Uh-huh. His draft card said he works for the school board. And I do see that he was enlisted in 1940. 
1943, but he was stationed in Missouri. So hopefully he didn't have to do anything dangerous. Mm -hmm. By 1950, he's living in Neosho, Missouri, where he is a school teacher. Mm -hmm. And he's with Margaret. And this is when her mom and buddy Mm -hmm. are living with them. I think I had mentioned at one point when we did Margaret Davis that at some point her mom and brother live Mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. And that's because Mr. Davis had died after a surgery from a blood clot. And I guess they had nowhere to go. And that's when we found out Buddy became a doctor. Mm -hmm. And we wondered if his dad's untimely death had somehow turned him into the career of medicine. But the Johnsons, Sticky and Margaret, will end up living in San Antonio, Texas, and Margaret dies in 2003. And I don't know when Sticky dies because I didn't write that down. So, oh, well, it's a mystery. (laughs) Maybe he's still alive. Maybe he's still kicking, maybe and we can call him. Maybe he's listening. Twenty years old. Sure. Sticky, call us. Give us a call, Sticky. <laughs> and of course, Gertrude that they met in this entry was a Ridenauer. She was born in 1915 to Dennis and Nancy Ridenauer, not. Mm-hmm. Ray, mm-hmm. who had unalived mm-hmm. himself. Right. She married a man named Chauncey Ivory Dingley <laughs> in 1932. She was 16 Ooh. when she married Chauncey, and he died in 1967 from complications of surgery, and the complication was obesity. Mm. Oh, poor Chauncey. Yeah. Gertrude was a homemaker and a co-owner and operator of a trucking company with her husband, Chauncey. She was also employed as a nurse's aide at the Rolla Hospital for several years, and they had one daughter, a little girl named Catherine. So that's her little story. Neat. April 16th, 1935. Went to school this morning. I thought noon would never come. I felt so bad I stayed at home this afternoon. I lay around and wrote to Rex and fixed a worksheet for bookkeeping. After supper, Francis and I went up to Miss Reams. We made a whole bowl of potato chips for the hike tomorrow, sat around and talked a while. I'm so tired. April 17, 1935. Went to school all day, met Francis as I was coming home, gathered in all the clothes. It was too rainy for the music class picnic. Oh, all I can think is that they made a whole bowl of potato chips. I know. I've never heard her making potato chips before. I wondered if you had. I would say let's do that on one of our lives, but that's messy. Yeah. And we'd need grease and... And between you mm, and me, would screw it up We'd somehow. probably catch the house on fire. That's not something mess up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, we'll just okay. air we fry some. There. Yeah, right. <laughs> there right. you go. <laughs> April 18th, 1935. Went to school all day. Met Louise uptown afterwards. She came home with me. We got Francis and went up to Gladys's. Bernice set Louise's hair. After we had run around some more, we went up to Miss Reams for supper. There were only a few there. We left a little after eight and went to the old school building where they were preparing for the banquet. I practiced with Dot and Gladys, walked part of the way with Louise. We chatted on the bank steps a while. Good night. So I guess they ate those potato chips yeah, right. at Miss Reams' supper. Miss Reams was the music teacher, so this must That's have been right. a Glee Club event. Okay, which is the shame that only a few showed up because there were like twenty some odd members of the Glee Club. Uh huh. So uh-huh. that was interesting. But there was a very interesting article in this week's Bell Banner. It says death report faked. 
One day last week, a man by the name of Bay, who lives in the Prairie neighborhood, called on some 20 families in that vicinity, Cove neighborhood and around Moselle, saying his father had dropped dead the night before at the supper table and he was taking up a collection for the burial. (laughs) He would tell one man that the man next door gave him two or three dollars, in that manner increasing the amount of donations. Mr. William Shukart of Moselle, one of the donors, and he being quite sympathetic, decided to go to the Bay home to see if he could be of some assistance. When he arrived, he was greeted at the door by an elderly gentleman, Mr. Bay, for whom the collection had been taken. Uh. He explained what was going on, and it was later found that the young Bay had collected some $20 and was having a good time getting drunk on it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What a good scam. There you go. Totally good scam. Yeah, right. (laughs) Give me two bucks. The neighbor gave me four, though. I'll give you six. <laughs> I thought that was yeah, fabulous. That's great. And then we have our uh-huh. along Main Street. Yes. Okay, this is my favorite <laughs> one of the whole. My black oh my hair gosh. is none of your business and no one else's. <laughs> Oh, they were writing in. They were having a conversation. So she wrote she back. She wrote back. Isn't that funny? My black hair ain't none of you. <laughs> That's right. You go, girl. Oh, I love it. I uh-huh. love it. And, <laughs> and they printed it. They did. Good for them. I mean, you know, it's like printing <laughs> a retraction. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like a retraction. Oh, it's I so love funny. It. That's funny. And then one of them says, in the spring, one's fancies turn to dot, 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 see ad in this issue for used preambulator. What is that? I don't it's know a baby that carriage. So oh. in spring, one's fancy turns to, oh. right? <laughs> God. And they put that wow. in the I know. They have no shame. I, they don't. And then this one says, news item, candy phonograph records are being patented in England. That's great. When you get tired of the music, you can eat the record. <laughs> <laughs> good idea. That, that does sound like a good idea, yeah. right? And then this one said, Bill Terrell singing Isles of Capri. Why are they picking on Bill? (laughs) And that's all it says? That's all it says. Huh. Oh, and then it ends by saying, in quotes, Stiff Terrell is going home at nine o'clock. Stiff, like drunk. Oh, like like, like, he's, uh, like he's up. Like he's a stiff, like he's a drunken yeah. stiff. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> so they called him Daddy out for smoking. John? No, Bill. It must be Bill. Oh. Because Elizabeth Bill's complained about... bad news. I don't think they would ever put anything in a long Main Street about J.W. Terrell. Right. Because he would sue right. them. He wasn't, yeah. But Bill... But Bill. So, <sighs> I, and I want, drinking, Smoking, stealing. drinking, and singing like a drunkard down the street, mm-hmm. the Isle of Capri. Isle of Capri (laughs) was a hit song in August of 1934, staying at number one for nearly seven weeks. So I will play a little snippet for it now for Bill Terrell, wherever he is. Was on the Isle of Capri that I found her Beneath the shade of an old walnut tree Oh, I can still see the flowers blooming round her where we met on the Isle of Capri. Hi, I'm Daisy, and I'm from BB, Arkansas, and you're listening to My Grandma's Diaries. April 19th, 1935. Got up early and washed. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
presents the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. My hair this morning and waited for Billy to come and set it. After he finished, we went up to the school and took a speed test. Bill came over here just before dinner to ask about bookkeeping. After dinner, I worked on my practice set. Mrs. Gallagher came, Billy came, and we worked on bookkeeping. Went up to the school. We practiced in our caps and gowns. Met Louise. She got her stuff and came up here. We got ready with Billy. Mrs. Gallagher went with us to the banquet. I had a good time. Billy and Louise came home with me. Gladys and Harold came by, and I went riding with them. I'm so very tired. She's tired. I, I, she's, she's tired a lot these days. Um, that's going to change a little bit for the good, so I'm excited about that. But I love how she, Billy, and Louise were all getting together, you know, to go practice with yes. their caps and gowns. Yeah. It's getting exciting now with right. graduation right around the corner. What's but the I bookkeeping? Just love, I, I, maybe I'm... What? She took a bookkeeping class. Oh, so I guess she right. has to keep spreadsheets, you know, pre, I don't know why she didn't open up her Excel and just do it there. But yeah, <laughs> yeah so really. she's actually like having okay. to do that math and stuff. You. They yeah. were preparing her for a life of a secretary, okay. which was what, if she wasn't a school teacher or a secretary, what was else a woman okay. going to do? Gotcha. Become a maid or just a wife. So worked on bookkeeping is, is like schoolwork. Almost. Her high school lessons, I remember it was music, uh-huh. English, bookkeeping and, bookkeeping and typing. That's right. Yep. So they were just here, go, gotcha. go work for somebody. April 20th, 1935. After dinner, I went up to Miss Reams and she helped me with the class prophecy. Thank goodness it's finished. Daddy came home about 5.30. Certainly was glad to see him. I wonder if they had any kind of, quote, yearbook. Mm-hmm. Even if it was some kind of stapled thing mm-hmm. that hopefully mm-hmm. the Banner Press got mm-hmm. to print. Because a class prophecy, I don't know if you had one in high school. I don't know if we did either. But I've seen so many old yearbooks. It's just like you write it and you're like, oh, Elizabeth Hartzell one day might be a great pianist. Yes. And Bill Terrell could be a great lawyer. And right. you just kind of prophesize where everyone's going uh, to be one day. Okay. And I wish the Bell Banner had at least posted that but elizabeth wrote it i mean she helped me with the class prophecy so she got to write the class prophecy like a journalist Hmm. isn't that interesting Hmm. and as a writer and we're sure that's what class prophecy is that's 100 percent what it is wow yeah isn't that neat maybe she was just writing it about herself no 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 because those were the futures Uh, i can always call my good friend joyce back at the marble hill library again (laughs) but they didn't have any kind of little yearbook this is bell I mean, oh, excuse me. Yeah, I have a friend at the Bell Library, too. You I forgot her name. Over Kendall. Kendall okay. is at the Bell Library. Yeah, so I just hate that we don't get to see that. Yeah, we get to for see sure. more pictures. Neat. Yeah, the Bell Banner is too busy posting about dying hair and poor <laughs> what Bill's drinking. Sissies. But speaking God. of things heating up in Europe, which I had earlier, there yeah. was a small on this day that I discovered. Hitler turns 46 years old, mm-hmm. you know, 420. He was given 60 new warplanes. For his birthday. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I mean, and this, everybody Happy knows birthday. this. Right. So why, right. I mean, this right. is... They were like blatant It's at this We point. keep talking about how things 
today are so similar to what's going on back then and the scary things that are happening in the world right now. Mm-hmm. It's like you see it coming. Mm-hmm. You don't want to believe it. And actually, some people support it when they don't know that they're supporting right. it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I know. Nikki Haley was so smart in the Republican debate about what she said about you know what's going on in overseas right now and what mm-hmm. could happen if Ukraine fell. I mean, mm-hmm. she's a super smart lady mm-hmm. when it comes to things like that, for sure. Anywho, I hope... Anyway, I hope history is not repeating mm. itself. Huh. April 22nd, 1935. Went to the school in our caps and gowns for a class meeting. After dinner, we went back and practiced for class night. We typed programs for tomorrow night. Davison took my picture yesterday in my cap and gown and one with the family, too. Hope they are good. Well, I guess they weren't because we right. don't have them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wouldn't Aww. we love that? We would. Absolutely. And the whole family got to be in it. Uh-huh. I can't believe that picture doesn't exist in somebody. Seriously. I mean, it's out there. They need to hear this podcast. I'm, I'm thinking it's your um, cousin Pam who needs to mm. go up in her attic and look Could at all be. her dad's boxes. There you go. <laughs> the weather's cooling up, Pam. You can't get away from us now. Also, I think, what if she was back a couple of days with the, oh, the class prophecy? Maybe she was typing it. You know, maybe everybody had written them out and she, Mrs. Reem was helping her type it. You mean everybody had put in what they thought? Yeah. They, oh, that's a good idea. You know? Because it would be a whole lot for Elizabeth to be like, I don't even know him. She's right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you know so what? So maybe she was helping she, her type it. Because she's she the, one of the best typists. Yes. Yeah. Okay. She was in the that's top right. three. She's, there yeah. You know. Okay. You, you know what? You're probably right. Cool. Because that was a lot to ask of one kid. Uh, you, you, uh, yeah. She must not have been. Yeah. Ah, Because you're right. Johnny in the corner, what should we say? This is why it's a collaboration. Yeah, she's tight. Yes, very good. April 23rd, 1935. Went up to the school and watched them finish for the program. Billy and I went to town, met Violet, and she took our pictures, went after the mail. After dinner, Velma came early. I talked with her and Francis a while, took Bill's books back, and went up to the school. Went home with Louise and ate supper. We went to the class night. We all sat on the stage. Louise and I went to the drugstore afterwards. I was coming home and Ralph caught up with me. He came home with me. We sat on the porch and had a good old heart-to-heart talk. I like him. Girl, this is the first route, yeah. Yeah, th- but girl, you don't have time. You're moving next month. Yes, yeah, seriously. Back off right. on Ra- and Ralph, leave her alone Poor because Ralph. she has other things to think about. But <laughs> Ralph was the vice president okay. of the school when oh. Bill was resigning, so he didn't like automatically get to become president. Remember, they reelected Willard mm-hmm. to take his place. So I, I don't know why the first runner-up hmm. doesn't get to take over. Hmm. But he was born in 1917. Hmm. He was five foot six. He was blonde-haired and blue-eyed. He lived on a farm with his parents. Parents Henry and Latha. In 1938, he marries Dorothy Hotschneider, and they'll end up living with his family on their farm, at least for a while. He will become an accountant. He did that for many years, according to his obituary. They have three sons and four daughters, and he died in 1998 at the age of 80. At the time of his death, he had 19 grandchildren mm-hmm. and six great-grands. Mm-hmm. So good for him. Absolutely. But that's little Ralph, who does not have time to be with dating. Elizabeth. April 24th, 1935. Stayed home and ironed this morning. Aura came by after dinner with her slacks on. I put on mine and we hiked out past the stove mill. Came back and met Louise by the tennis court. We started up to the school and met Ralph. Talked a while and came back to the house with me. 
I went down to bird songs and practiced songs for Mr. Tom Wallace's funeral tomorrow. After supper, Louise came by, and we and Francis went to the eighth grade commencement. Lucille went with us afterwards. We got Velma and went to the drugstore. I wonder why she had to go down to the drugstore to practice songs. I wonder mm-hmm. if it's because they... She was using their sheet music. Hmm. Is there a piano, the piano in the drugstore? I be- guess because there there's dancing yeah, at the drugstore exactly. sometimes. There was a piano for sure. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, we know Mr. Birdsong. We talked about him yeah. and his son. And then she's practicing for Mr. Tom Wallace's funeral. And it, that of course his obituary was in the paper, or his death announcement was, I should say. It says. Thomas Herbert Wallace, 60 years of age, died at Bob Wallace home, where he made his home about 4.30 Tuesday afternoon, April 23rd, after an illness of two weeks. Mm -hmm. He was born March 9th, 1875 at Bell, and was a month and 14 days over 60 the day of his death. He was married to Mrs. Emma Ridenauer, December 1st, 1904, and to this union was born four children, three preceding the father in death. Yikes. Oh, I know. Oh, no. Oh, poor guy. That's bad. That's rough. Mm-hmm. But he had Elizabeth to play at his funeral. So isn't that mm-hmm. interesting that is. how the things she does touch so many lives? Right. And can you imagine how grateful mm-hmm. Mrs. Wallace was to hear that, that she, pretty piano music yeah. at her husband's funeral? Yep. When my dad died, a really well-known singer here in Charleston mm-hmm. came and sang at his funeral mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. and it just meant the world to me to have that so it was really nice mm-hmm. April 25th 1935 had to play for Mr. Tom Wallace's funeral today went to town and got stuff for dinner Louise came by and we went up to the school talked to Carl Ralph Lil Bill and Ray about the bell banner after supper I went by for Louise we went to our commencement James was the speaker. I'm so proud of my diploma. Louise and I sat on the hotel porch a few minutes. I started home and Ernie picked me up. We went for a little ride and then we talked in front of the house for a few minutes. What I love mm-hmm. is that all these kids are talking about the Bell Banner. Yeah, I, know. I wonder if they're like, did you see I, along sure. Main Street? Absolutely. Bill, what are they doing to you? You know it. That's I what think they that's talk- what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, of course, um, we have the announcement of the high school graduation in the paper. Mm-hmm. It says Bernice McQueen mm-hmm. gives valedictory tonight for seniors. She's been hanging around with Bernice Chambers. Okay. So this is a different Bernice gotcha. that we're meeting. And But it's good that a girl was the valedictorian. Oh, for sure. So good for her. And, of course, it lists all the graduates that were in there. And, of course, you see Boyd Underwood, who we know, and mm. Willard, of course, mm. uh, Bill, Billy, Billy, and Atwell that we have met before, and mm. Victoria Maples, Lillian mm-hmm. Terrell, Bill's and ex. Mary Elizabeth Hartzell. Mm. But we definitely have to meet our valedictorian, Miss Bernice McQueen. She was born in May of 1917 to David and Sarah of Bell, Missouri. They were farmers, but her dad died in 1929, and her mom had to take over running that farm, which also means I'm sure Bernice was taken over as well. But she still became valedictorian, so good for her. In 1939, she married a man named Paul Jones. I have a picture of Paul and Bernice when they Mm -hmm. are older. They're sitting on their sofa in their little den. It's a little plaid sofa, and they have a little Uh oil painting of the ocean behind them. And they are both so handsome looking. 
interesting. Right. I mean, she's so pretty. Yeah. She has beautiful bright eyes. He looks very mm-hmm. distinguished. I, I just love looking at them. Mm-hmm. They're in their marriage announcement in the newspaper, it mentioned she was valedictorian <laughs> of, of her high school class. Like some uh, someone else we met earlier who was homecoming queen, yeah. it mentioned and that. that. Was the way. Yeah. It was like, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. And Paul and Bernice moved to St. Louis, uh-huh. where he's working as a printer for a match company. And by 1950, he's a pressman for a printing company. And they have two children, mm-hmm. Gary and Sarah. And little Gary dies in 1971. Mm. Their son. It says he dies in a hospital, so I don't mm. know what was wrong with him. Mm-hmm. But oh, that's yeah. so sad. Bernice will die at the age of 94 in 2012. And she and her husband wow. would have been married 72 years when she died. Mm. He only made it three years after her. And according to his obituary, he fell asleep in the arms of Jesus. There you go. So there you go, Paul. Good for you. Mm-hmm. April 26, 1935. A bunch of us seniors met at Shipman's and had our picture made in caps and gowns. Then we all went to the school picnic. We jumped the rope, pitched horseshoes, played ball, ate and picked flowers. Ralph asked me to come back with him and sticky, so I did. I love how, you know, punctuation is so important because it says she ate and picked flowers. Yeah. I mean... It, it sounds like she ate <laughs> yeah, and picked, picked flowers. flowers. Yeah, you right. know, it's like, let's ate eat grandma picked, or yeah, let's right. eat comma grandma. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, I think that's cute. April 27th, 1935. Helped clean up this morning. After dinner, Francis set my hair. Went up to the school and got my records. Came home and bathed and went to town. After supper, Francis and I went down to Fred's for a few minutes. Came home and wrote to Louise. Helen wanted me to stay all night with Mrs. McKinney, so I did. We are going to have company galore tomorrow. Mm. Why is Helen telling her where to go sleep? All I can think is that her bed is going to be for company, and Helen already washed and ironed those sheets and said, you're not sleeping here. Right, right, right. So she got to go have a sleepover with Mrs. McKinney. (laughs) And I do have a little more Nazi news in this time period. Yeah. Germany, who just started the anti-aircraft, who just got the warplanes, now confirmed that it had a submarine construction program underway, another violation of the Treaty Mm. of Versailles. Mm -hmm. And the German propaganda ministry asked editors to run fewer pictures of Nazi leaders at banquets or in the lavish homes they lived in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah. 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 That's all you can say about (laughs) that. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. April 28, 1935. Velma went to Sunday school and church with us this morning. Uncle Charlie and Aunt Clara, Uncle Jim, Aunt May, Uncle Lee, Ruth, Nancy Lee, Marjorie, all came. After dinner, Billy, Velma, Bud, Albert Neal from Chicago came over. We went riding, came home, and sat some more. Then all went to the drugstore. We all went riding as far as Owensville. Francis and I are going to visit with Uncle Lee and Ruth. We walked to town and got the mail after supper and went to the show. So that's a big visit. Huge. Why? I I maybe, I don't know. I know. I think I know exactly what's happening. Now that the Underwoods are leaving and going to Marble Hill, everyone's coming to clean up the last of Grandma's stuff. 
The heart like, souls are leaving and going. The, the heart souls are moving to Marble Hill yeah. is any day now because right. graduation has happened. This, these are all the Underwoods who are yeah. coming, and I guess they're just closing Cleaning up Grandma's up. house. They're like, I'll take this bed. I'll take yeah. that washstand. Here's okay. the portrait of grandma. Of course. That's why all the family yep. is there. And then well, they're cleaning up and empty in that house. I guess they're going to put it on the market. Isn't that something? So she needs to go stay with Uncle Lee and Ruth. And they yeah. lived in St. Louis. Oh. So they'll get a little trip to St. Louis, I guess. We'll see if she talks about it. But this visit made the paper. It says, Mr. and Mrs. Charles Paul Sell and family of Potosi and Mr. and Mrs. J.A. Underwood of Salem and J.L. Ferguson and daughter Mrs. Ruth Sparks of St. Louis visited at the Hartzells last Sunday. Mrs. Francis and Elizabeth Hartzell accompanied Miss Velma Underwood to Owensville Sunday and visited until Thursday. Miss Underwood spent the week before here. <laughs> so all of them talk like, we went as far as Owensville. Right. Well, the paper followed you the whole way there, girls. Isn't I know. I, mean, wow. I just love this small town life. Yeah. And I'm telling right. you, when they move, I got to have that small town life it, because now I'm addicted to it. I think that's and it, what it is. I, I, it's so Marble much Hill fun. too, I think. I, 100%. Yeah. I got to quit saying 100%. I say it too often. Hmm. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That works for me. <laughs> it's like a drinking game. Uh-huh. Every, Every time, time I say, say, that's interesting, cute, or 100%, yeah. take a drink, y'all. You'll be hammered All by right, the time. Ma'am. I was listening to an old episode the other day, and really? I'm like, Elizabeth, if you say cute one more time, I'm going to bash you really? upside the head. Oh, it's I don't just, notice I guess it's things, my I guess. go-to word. I guess. And I, yeah. I swear to you, I really don't remember one episode to the next. I mean, I do. It, it, I, I do. Mean, right. I but know I you don't. Do. Yeah. Because it's so much information, and yeah. I'm ahead of the game, and I'm behind the game. Yes. And, it, and then I'm doing looking at the Facebook going, oh, no, Mark, you said 1934. It's 1935. And then I remember, I no, you're oh. right. <laughs> it is 1934 still on Facebook. Yes. We're just ahead. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's the sound my brain makes. <laughs> but April wrap-up, 1935. I am now a graduate of high school. Do I feel big? I got such nice presents. I was with Ernie three times, Carl once, Carl Ekman once, Bill once, and Ralph once. Total seven. (laughs) Okay, girl. Carl Ekman. Uh This we had seen in a past episode that she was hanging around with a Carl. And I was like, I don't know which Carl she's crushing on right now. And I don't remember her really talking about going out with Mr. Ekman, but he was a little older than her. He was born in 1913. Mm -hmm. In the 1930 census, he's a shoe repairer in town. So he starts real young working. I mean, there was a shoe company there. And you'll actually see him mentioned in the paper every once in a while if things are on sale or Mm -hmm. it'll you know along main street okay he secretly gets married in august of 1935 oh so while he's dating elizabeth Elizabeth, in april he'll get married in a couple of months carl but we're gonna see elizabeth doing the same thing spoiler dating right up until she gets married yes i mean right right up until that's wild because you just got to be sure (laughs) well but but i love that his wedding was secret so, it, of course, the paper found out. <laughs> oh, they didn't get married in August. They got married in June. Gosh, they just found months. out about it in August. Two months after oh, Elizabeth dated this guy. He I'm telling you, secretly. if I thought I was in love with a man yeah. and I found out two months, yeah. we're talking marriage probably. Right. And he goes riding with some girl, yeah. some pretty girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'd be something Your else secret going on. judgment has to be questioned. 
Anyway, here the paper headline says, June wedding kept secret until now. A marriage kept secret by the principals was revealed late last week with the announcement of the wedding on June 23rd of Miss Frieda Glosson, 20, of Richland, and Carl Ekman, 21, of Swedeborg. The marriage rites had been performed at the home of the bride's aunt and uncle, and the bride is the eldest daughter of who cares. Yes. So isn't that funny? Yes. They another secret marriage that is wild and then why do people keep it a secret because honestly if you got pregnant you'd have to be like no 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 and they're like sure you did yeah yeah, sure you got married yeah because i maybe tmi i got Mm -hmm. pregnant on my wedding night Mm -hmm. which was i thought a beautiful thing but i i know people were like you wait wait you got married when and you had that baby when (laughs) everybody was like (laughs) all right she's gonna pop it out carry the one (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah right right (laughs) but i found this really cool little photo moment in the bell banner Mm -hmm. and it says smokestack his home sweet home. And it's an unemployed man in Portland, Oregon, who found a smokestack from an old ship. Yeah. And he blocked off the ends and made a door on one end and made it his home. All right. So he had a 600 foot long home. Uh So this guy just made a little makeshift home. And they made the paper. What I find so interesting today Hmm. is that people take old ship containers and make Airbnbs. There's that bar downtown called Container Bar that you and I went to. And it was just an old container. And that was, you know, that, but that he was doing it out of necessity. Sure. We're doing it because we're trying to recycle and reuse things. Yeah. I thought thought that was cool that it made the bell banner. It made the bell banner. All the way from Portland, Oregon. Hmm. I know. I'm telling you, the Gallaghers who run the paper mm-hmm. now are doing a great job, except for that along Main Street, <laughs> which has got to go. But May 1st, 1935. We got up kind of late this morning and just sat around. After dinner, we went to town to see about bus fare home. Aura and Max came back on the train. After supper, we went to the show. The hypnotist was there, but not so good. Got a card for mother wanting us to come home, but we got it too late. So we'll go tomorrow. Have you ever gone to a hypnotist? Oh. Or done like one of those like comedy show hypnotists no. where they make you say chicken all night long yeah, or something no, dumb? No. Me either. No. My husband went to a hypnotist to quit smoking when uh-huh. we got married uh-huh. and it worked. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean sure. I was kind of shocked. That does work. Yeah. This would have been something that was happening on this day that would have been very close to Elizabeth's heart, and it was the start of the federal music program. Okay. Part of the New Deal. So this was provided by the U.S. federal government, which employed musicians, conductors, and composers during the Great Depression. So in addition to performing thousands of concerts, offering music classes, and organizing the Composers Forum Laboratory, hosting music festivals, and creating 34 new orchestras. Wow. I know. Employees of the Federal Music Program researched American traditional music and folk songs, a practice now called ethnomusicology, and they studied cowboy, Creole, African-American music, and created new symphonies to mm-hmm. that were free mm-hmm. so that people could forget about their troubles, mm-hmm. go have some free music, and this was all part of the WPA. Wow. Thank you again, FD. 
are. Seriously. Isn't that Put lovely? a lot of people to a work. A composer. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, you know, it's like my favorite album, the Paul Simon Graceland Ice album, mm-hmm. where he went to Africa and he studied mm-hmm. all these African mm-hmm. songs mm-hmm. and created popular. That's exactly what they were doing then, too. They're studying Creole music and bringing it sure. back to life for people. Isn't that cool? And that's, that also goes back to FDR with his writing project with the slave mm-hmm. stories and mm-hmm. just keeping history alive mm-hmm. and presented like the photographs of the tenant farms so everyone knows everyone's eyes are opened Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. god i love that man Mm -hmm. may 2nd 1935 got up and prepared ourselves for our homeward journey velma went to the train with us at 11 gee it was a thrill i love to ride on one we were glad to get home and see all the folks went over to the davises after dinner came home and wrote to rex after supper, Belle came by and took me riding. She let me drive some. Gee, I'm glad to be home. The lady's aide gave Mother a handkerchief shower this afternoon. So I love that she got to ride on a train. Yeah. I, she, I wonder if that was... She says, I love to ride on one. I wonder if that was her first time. It sounds... At like least it. maybe the second. Yeah. You know, considering Dad worked for the railroad, maybe they, True. you know, like working That's, for Delta. Yeah. right. But I love that. And then Belle was mm-hmm. her neighbor whose husband was the barber. Okay. So I guess they went for a little ride. They had become close mm-hmm. over her year living there. Mm-hmm. And then the handkerchief shower. What is that? This was not missed by the newspaper. <laughs> it said the Christian's ladies' aide gave Mrs. Louis Hartzell a handkerchief shower Thursday at the home of Mrs. Clyde Hardy. The Hartzells are leaving Belle sometime soon. Now, of course, uh-huh. in grandma's days, women were never without a handkerchief. Right. And they would be embroidered. They would be from fabric, from something special. Mm-hmm. They would be lit, trimmed in lace. So to give someone a handkerchief shower, this is something a, a woman might go through two, three handkerchiefs a day. They would always be it's in their pocket. To like blow their nose? To blow their nose, to powder their faces, mm-hmm. to dab sweat. I, gotcha. I mean, just for anything. I huh. carry a handkerchief, especially oh. when I was a tour guide. I would keep, because I would sweat. Right. And I didn't want it to take, you know, you don't want a Kleenex that sticks to your body. Mm-hmm. So this, so these women probably sat down and yeah. embroidered a little H Love it. and made her a little little handkerchief i want a handkerchief shower what a sweet little thing (laughs) to make yeah it'd be it'd be a great going away it'd be a great like little gift to give someone just to embroider anyway anyone who wants to send me a handkerchief i'll take one may 3rd 1935 helped wash this morning after dinner mother francis and i were talking and a bunch of good-looking boys came around selling magazines we didn't go to the door Francis and I went to town to take my shoes. We learned that the boys had been arrested. All right, oh now. Oh my God! There you go. What I'm are these scalawags? Well, the paper found out about it. <laughs> Bad <No>. check. <laughs> Bad check vendors are caught up here Friday. Uh-huh. Dolph Harrison, acting city marshal, apprehended a magazine salesman here Friday after a broadcast was received telling of magazine salesmen passing a bad check at Rolla. Mm. Three of the salesmen had already gone to Bland, where they were held also by a deputy sheriff after the police call was received. The check was paid by their company and the boys released. So it doesn't look like they intentionally did something bad. It looks like it was an accident. But yeah, three good-looking men. Yeah, three bunch of good-looking boys came around selling magazines. (laughs) One day I was cleaning up my garage and Mm -hmm. a couple of Mormons came up on their bicycle Mm -hmm. and I couldn't hide because my garage door was open. Mm -hmm. 
And they came up and I was like, hey, you know, y'all are great. Go do mm-hmm. your thing. Just don't do it here. And they said, well, is there anything we can do for you? I'm like, well, if you want to clean out my garage with me, you can. And they got off their bikes. Really? They were going to come clean out my garage with All me. Right. I was like, no, 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 no. I was just kidding. Yeah. I, I was like, no, no, you guys go on. They're like, no, we'll, we'll really do it. Yeah. And I thought, how nice. I know. They are I nice. thought that was really I mean, sweet. I, I wish I, I, in hindsight, I should have made them work because <laughs> I could have used the help. But anywho, that's that's my story. Huh. Good looking boys <laughs> showing up yeah, at my right. door. There you go. <laughs> May 4th, 1935. After supper, I read and sat around a while tonight. It's raining, and I'm so sleepy. It's just a night for one. So fairly well, dear diary, while I get my hearty sleep. It won't be long until we move from Bell. Am I sorry? I don't know. Gosh, she's flip-flop. I mean... Monticello to Bell to Step yeah. Rock to Bell. Yeah. To Marble Hill. Uh-huh. Within five years. Oh, yeah. And having to meet all new people. And it just doesn't look like this time in Bell was as fun as last time right. in Bell. Because right. like I said, I went back and listened to some old podcasts. And I'm like, mm-hmm. she's mentioning all these names that she doesn't mention one time this yeah, time back. I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Uh, I guess a, a year makes a lot of changes yeah. when you're a teenager. Yes, yes, especially. Two years. She was gone almost two years. That's right. Oh, yeah. God, mm-hmm. poor girl. May 8th, 1935. We did the washing this morning, and it was a big one. Got a letter from Daddy and Mother from Marvel Hill. She said we are going to get a lot of pretty new furniture. She's coming back home any time now. May 9th, 1935. Just before dinner, Mother and Daddy came. Daddy had to leave right after dinner. We got an invitation to Mabel's wedding. May 10th, 1935. Francis and I got all slicked up and went to the Waddells to see the great event. Mabel made Mrs. Gower. It happened at 10. We threw rice on them. Oh, so that's little Mabel Rogers that we met way back in episode four. She marries Raymond. I love that they threw rice on them. They were still yeah. throwing rice back then. Yeah, Can't right. do that now. But I thought that was just, I, I could see that in the movie. Exactly. You know, come on. Come on, people. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> May 13th, 1935. We started preparations for moving this morning in a grand manner. And I don't mean maybe. We cleared the smokehouse and packed books. That's uh, pretty cool that they had a smokehouse. What is that? It's we cle- a smoke- like a. I wonder. Like I for doubt. Meat? Yes, but I doubt they were using it as such. It uh-huh. was probably just storage old, back then. Right. But um, I love that they had yeah. one, and I and I wondered at the time if that would help us be able to find the house. But that smokehouse is gone. Yeah. Nobody keeps that stuff around. I mean, it would just have rotted by now. Probably. But how cool that there was one there. Yeah. I wish we could find the house. God. I wish we knew for sure. We could if we could just search property records. Yeah. That's the, we need someone at yeah. the deeds and registrars. Yeah, yeah. To just, I mean, I'll pay them a, a title fee. For sure. So, okay. We Sometimes we get people was. who live, I live in Marble Hill. Well, find me um, someone who works for a real estate attorney. Usually a title search costs about a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. Okay. But uh, it'd be worth it. Yeah. Oh, to, we want especially this Especially to have an old plat. Yes. An old map of what the town looked like. Yes. Uh, that's worth $100. It sure is. So look at me the just throwing around our money. The town looks real smart. No, It's tiny. To. It's this tiny little town. Yeah. Marble so. Hill's smaller. But anyway. Mm-hmm. May 17th, 1935. Daddy came early this morning and we all worked hard. Leon and I took up rugs and beat them, packed dishes, cleaned up and went to the drugstore and hung around. 
our last night in Bell, and it would be uneventful. <laughs> oh, bless her heart. So Bell is behind her now. Yep. And Mark, I do have some bad news for you. Oh, no. Bill Terrell is not your grandfather. <laughs> really? <laughs> He's not. No. I, I hate to be the one to tell you. Um, so it's time to say goodbye to Bill. Grandpa Bill, bye. <laughs> Will you be my grandpa? Yeah. He indeed <laughs> so, is not my grandfather. He he's so. not. He's not. We have a ways to go. So let's yeah. let's let's meet Bill. Bye, Bill. Bye. He was born on November twenty second of nineteen fifteen. He was the surprise baby of the Terrell family mm-hmm. because his dad was forty eight uh-huh. and his mom was thirty six. He ended up marrying Nancy Shockley in nineteen thirty seven. So mm. a couple years after Elizabeth leaves, he's he settles. Now I have mentioned the Shockley family mm-hmm. all throughout this podcast. Mm-hmm. Because they were the ones who caught that big 57-pound catfish Mm -hmm. at that fishing camp where Bill would go fishing all the time. And that's probably when he started making goo-goo eyes at Miss Nancy Shock. Unfortunately, their marriage doesn't even last a year. Oh, dear. Not only Yeah. uh (sighs) It was, yeah. They'll get a divorce and she'll actually reclaim her maiden name. So that that was like, I want nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this, and this doesn't go well for Bill. And we've heard in the past, Elizabeth talking about Bill and his troubles. Oh, Bill needs me, you know, Mm -hmm. his drinking issue. And then unfortunately, also in 1937, Bill attempted to unalive himself. And we do see Elizabeth mention this in the diary in 1937. And of course, it made the paper. Bill Terrell, son of John Terrell of Bell, shot himself through the chest above the heart at a carnival in Lynn Saturday night. Young Terrell was shooting at a gallery on the grounds when he suddenly turned the gun on himself. A friend with him grabbed the gun, but the shot was discharged, lodging higher in his chest. He was taken to the hospital in Jefferson and is reported to be in no danger. Reasons for his action were not determined. Wow. Bill. So the divorce must have hit him really, really hard. He must have been dealing with depression and maybe alcoholism. Oh, I hate to hear that. that's right around the corner when he did that. I mean, just two years years from now. Oh, I know. And Elizabeth gets a letter about it. Oh, it must have been so sad for her. Oh, my. But Bill does pull himself together, or maybe not, because he joins the army in 1939. Mm -hmm. And just having a feeling of who his father was. Yeah. It's like, boy, you're straight. Right. Military will straighten you out. Right. And and they probably did. But he actually joins the Air Corps mm-hmm. and he's immediately whisked away to San Francisco where mm-hmm. he is stationed. And soon after that, he will marry Miss Betty Laverne Johnson, who is from Utah. I have a picture of her when she's an older lady. She's a very stern looking woman. Uh-huh. She's a sturdy, sturdy okay. woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they end up moving to Utah because uh-huh. that's his new station location. Uh-huh. And there's an article in the banner where he surprises his family with a visit. And it said, oh, and I haven't even mentioned this. I had mentioned in an earlier episode, which would have clued into everyone that he's not your grandfather, Mm -hmm. that I couldn't find Bill Mm -hmm. on regular records Mm -hmm. because his name wasn't Bill. It was Robert. 
Robert William Terrell. It, no, it was, it was Robert Clay Terrell. Oh, that's why you couldn't find him. Right, because I'm thinking William, or at right. least Robert William. I mean, Robert? How do yeah. you get Bill, Bill from, from Robert. Robert? Yeah. Robert C. Bill Terrell, an officer of, and it called him an officer. He was not an officer. An officer of the Air Corps at Salt Lake City, Utah, spent a few days last week with his parents, attorney and Mrs. John W. Terrell. He came to St. Louis to get a new bomber airplane and take it back to Utah. Officer Terrell will be transferred the first of the year from Utah to Spokane, Washington, where he and Mrs. Terrell will make their home. And then shortly after that, this was in the paper, Bill Terrell, a father. Mr. and Mrs. John W. Terrell of Bell received a telegram Thursday announcing the birth of a granddaughter. Hmm. The parents are Staff Sergeant, so not an officer, Staff Hmm. Sergeant and Mrs. Robert C. Terrell of Birmingham, Alabama. Wow. So now they're in Birmingham. They are all over the place. This is their first child. And the mother is the former Miss Betty Johnson of Salt Lake City. So the little girl they have is named Mm -hmm. Bobby Ann. Uh She's born in 1943. And then in 1945, they have a son named Philip. Uh I have a picture of Philip. All right. Philip is probably still alive. Yeah. Philip. Yeah. Call me. (laughs) Anybody. I don't know where he is because, you know, records past 1950. But somebody needs to get me this, this Philip child. So when was he born? 1945. Yeah. So there's a very good chance yeah. he's doing just fine. Right. Living somewhere, I don't know where, because they lived all over the place. Call us Philip. Yeah, Philip. And there was another article in 1950, because this marriage doesn't last either. Mm-hmm. By 1950, Bill is divorced, and he's not doing well. <laughs> because in the Bell Banner, it says, Robert, quote, Bill Terrell, who spent last week with his parents, Mr. and Mrs. John Terrell, was transferred from the Fitzsimmons General Hospital in Denver, Colorado, to the Cock Hospital at Jefferson Barracks. He entered the hospital Saturday and will continue to receive treatment, as he has for the past several months. Mm, Bill. So I yeah. think he was struggling with mental health. Sounds like Which it. wasn't really being well addressed in the 1950s. What yep. if he got shock therapy? No, you know right. he did. That's right around that. Yeah, right. Oh, God. Bill. But Bill trudges on. Life. I know. It's not I mean, been a good... From the beginning in Elizabeth, when yeah. she first met Bill, she he had struggled. He struggled. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, wow. Bill trudges on. And in yeah. 1960, he marries a woman named Audrey Hess. I also have her picture. Bill's second wife, Mm -hmm. um, Betty Johnson, she died in 1977 after complications from a long illness in June Mm -hmm. of 1977. And then his daughter died in September of 1977. Mm. So just a couple of months later, his daughter Bobby um, had had surgery and died from complications from it. Oh, no. So that's another really bad year for Bill. Uh, what a tragic life he had. I know. It's uh, it's really awful. It's so weird that you're able to see into the future from when Elizabeth wrote about him in 1935. And I know things about her that Elizabeth would never know yeah, because right. she dies before he does. That's right. He dies in 1983. Okay. I don't know if his marriage with Audrey lasted. Mm-hmm. He is buried by himself in mm-hmm. Illinois, and I cannot find any kind of obituary. Really? It's. I mean, I looked in the huh. city in Illinois. I looked in St. Louis. I looked looked back in the Bell paper. There is no Bell paper from the 1980s online. Uh Uh-huh. So I don't know if the Bell banner ceased to exist and now it's something different or I don't know. Or if it consolidated with another paper, but nothing. Nothing. I looked up Robert Clay. I looked up Bill. And his father was so prominent. I know. You know? So. Oh, well. 
There's not There's your Bill. grandfather. Wow. What so. a dang now. I know all those wives and and and, and to mm. lose his daughter. Yeah. Uh, and right. Yeah. So Philip. He struggled. We just need Philip. And it's hard to find Philip Terrell on Facebook. Because first of all, he'd be older yeah. and, you know, older people in Facebook. And um, there are a lot of Philip Terrells. Are there? Yeah. Okay. And I don't know where he lives, so I can't narrow it down right. by state. And I can't t- call all of them. I guess I could. Huh. <laughs> if I'm you really, could, I'm yeah. I'm pretty I'm knowing you. <laughs> yeah. I'll get that, man. Yeah. May 18th, 1935. All the family but mother and me left at 1030. May 19th, 1935. Went to Sunday school. Daddy and Leon were there when we got back. About 3.30, we went to Marble Hill. Got there about 6. Met the people at the hotel. We girls went to Lutesville to get milk. The house is nice, and the furniture is so pretty. All right. So it's 152 miles from okay. Marble Hill to okay. Bell. And we talked about huh. it last episode. I, te- I said today it would take about three hours to drive it. Well, they made it. In, in less than that. Yeah, they so, did. So uh, isn't that crazy? Wow, that is crazy. That is crazy. I think when I looked at it huh. on maps, it gave me traffic. I see. Because, you know, you when you but look up still, things now. two and a half hours to drive, how many? 152 152 miles. miles. Huh. No, that's not so bad. But uh, I don't know. Of course, I don't know. I'm sure I could find out where the hotel is. Yeah. So the hotel's on the side of town that's closer to Lutesville. But I don't know anything else. But here we go. They just got there on the 19th, and here comes May 20th. May 20th, 1935. We cleaned up, put up pictures. We girls went to town. Helen and I went to the post office. I'm getting ready for bed now. It's only 8. Gee, I wish I could meet some kids. I've seen Brother Hopkins, and he's sort of cute. Mrs. Ricketts' brother. So day one in town, they're mm-hmm. already in their house. There we don't go. know where it is. And she's already looking at a cute boy. Seriously. Of course she is. Uh-huh. But this woman is Claire Ricketts. Okay. She was born in 1907 to Charles and Della Hopkins. In 1926, she married Fred Ricketts, who was a merchant. And it looks like they only had one child, a daughter, born in 1947. So apparently she has a cute brother. When I looked her up on the census, there are only two boys in that family that are of the age range of Elizabeth. Yeah. There's one named Jack, uh-huh. who was born in 1916, and one in, named Charles, who's born in 1920. Hmm. Elizabeth is 1917, so she can go yep. either way. Right, right. They're both cute, so we'll have to find out mm. which one was Brother Hopkins. May 21st, 1935. Leon and I unpacked books and filled the bookcases. Dean and I went to town after groceries, saw Brother Hopkins. Francis and I went to Lutesville. A boy just waved, so friendly. There was a bunch down by the school where they are building a tennis court. We went down there. The girls came around to meet us. Mary Ellen Allen. Okay, so they went to get groceries. Yeah. And she saw Brother Hopkins. And that reminded me when I was looking up Claire Ricketts. Uh I always like to see who their parents are. Yeah. And their dad, uh, her father, Charles, owned a general store slash grocery store. Mm. So if she saw Brother Hopkins going to get groceries, he must work. At the, at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. So that might help us narrow down who hmm. that guy is. Right. But his dad is super fancy. Apparently, he oh. worked as a traveling salesman up until 1918. Okay. And then he ended up owning his own store. Right. And he's huge in this town. He's a member of the Rotary Club. He's a member of every club. So this brother Hopkins comes from a very fancy family. Mm. May 22nd, 1935. 
Mary Ellen and Glenda Estes came by. They took us riding. We went to a medicine show. Ray Johnson, Miss Tyler, and Bob Drum came and sat with us. Bob stayed and bought us a Coke. All right, what is this? Is this day three? Yeah, Bob. Okay, and, she, and she's here, but here she goes. She's leaving Bell. Oh my yeah. God, I'm so tired. Oh, nobody cares about me. Yeah. Blah, blah. She gets to a new town. Oh. It's like, switch. Yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Here's like social, active. Yeah. Come look at me, Elizabeth. Right. I think that's amazing. All yeah. she needed was some fresh energy. Yeah, sounds she's like, like it. A, she, she sucks up the energy around yeah. her. And if it's good and positive, wow. she's having a great time. Aww. So look, we're going to meet a couple of people. Uh-huh. Mary Ellen was born in 1917. Her father, George, was a school teacher teacher in town. Mary Ellen married Rick Vassar in 1943. He was originally a newspaper man from New Jersey, so they'll move out there and live their lives. Glenda Estes has a little bit of a similar story. She was born in 1919. Her dad was a farmer, and she went to Mayfield College, which is right there in Marble Hill. She became a nurse and married James Woodrow Wilson in 1937. And in 1950, they're living in Cape Girardeau. They have an auto parts store that James started when he came back from serving in World War II. They have a couple of kids, and their oldest daughter will become a doctor. That's exciting. Back in those days, a woman doctor. I mean, good for her. And Glenda dies in 2009, and her husband will outlive her for Mm. several years. But I love how. Uh, three days and someone's buying her a Coke and that's Bob Drum. (laughs) And I do have Bob Drum's picture. Yes. Okay. He's an older fellow. He's born in 1911. Yeah. And his dad is the mailman. All right. And he's going to be sticking around for a while. Uh So we're going to keep our eyes on Bob Mm -hmm. Drum. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. May 23rd, 1935. After dinner, Francis and I were cleaning our shoes on the front porch. Lucille from across the street came over. When she started to leave, she called a girl over and introduced us to her. It was Inez Ward. Went out after supper to the tennis court. A bunch of kids were down there. Everyone is so nice. I know I'm going to like it. Aw, yay. So if I could find Lucille, yeah? then I could find out where they where, lived. Uh-huh. And I can't find Lucille. There is a Lucille Sanders that I found on the 1930 census, uh-huh. but she's a daughter-in-law living with her family, uh, living with her husband's family. And her husband's not on the list that I know of, but I don't think it's her. It's not the same. She's not the right age. And also, we'll find out later why I know for a fact that's not her. But it just occurred to me Uh in this very moment, Inez Ward, Mm -hmm. the Wards are on the 1930 census. So maybe she was a neighbor as well. She's like, oh, Inez, Mm -hmm. come over here and meet Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to look where Inez Ward lived and and see if maybe mm -hmm. I can figure out and the census isn't giving you this. It doesn't give me addresses, but uh, but there's got to be a way to figure out the area of town. Mm-hmm. Of course, this was such a small town. Mm-hmm. Only 421 people. Have you talked to my mom about this? 
No, but I should. She might not have more information. Well, I think I did ask originally, yeah. like, did she ever walk around town and go, that's the house where right. we lived when did we first she? moved here? No. no. Oh, okay. She didn't talk about her past. Huh. That's right. Not even like, oh, that's where wow. we lived with Grandpa Louie. And... Isn't that something? Isn't that weird? Well. I know everywhere my mom lived yeah. in Mount Pleasant. Weird. But little sweet Inez was born in 1917. Her parents were Jose and Myrtle, and Jose was a clerk at the general store. So maybe at Hopkins. By 1940, they moved to Bell City, Missouri. Missouri, why do you do a girl like that? Why do you have a Bell and a I Bell City? I know they City? do, right? And they're not even close to each no. other. No. That's so aggravating. Mm. That should be outlawed. They should, but uh, anywho, they're still living in Bell City in yeah. 1950 and uh, with her family. In the 1950 census, when it lists like who you are and what your race is and your age and then your marital status, it very cruelly says never married. <laughs> why can't you just say single? That's mean. So she never has a husband and she's buried with her mom. Okay. She has a dual tombstone, mother okay. and daughter tombstone. It's kind of sad. I don't know if I've ever heard of that. Me either. Not when they're fully grown. Right. Because she dies when she's in her 80s. So mm-hmm. she just got had nowhere else to go but with mm-hmm. her mommy. Where's mm-hmm. her dad? Mm-hmm. Why didn't mm-hmm. they have a triple, a family plot? Mm-hmm. Anyway, don't know what happened to poor Jose. May 24th, 1935. Made fudge and red after dinner. Bob came, stayed just a few minutes rested some more, cleaned up and went down to the tennis court with Francis, went to the post office, had to go to town. When Daddy got back, we four girls went to Lutesville. Bob got in, and I took him to the ballpark. After supper, Mr. and Mrs. Harper came. We talked to them until Bob and Unc Hawes came. They took us to a young Democrats meeting. There was a dance afterwards, met a lot of kids, and danced every dance. Had a lot of fun. Went to the Browns afterwards. Everyone was so nice. I had a swell time. But I did find Unc Hawes, which is weird because his name is Unc, but it wasn't. It was Virgil Larry Hawes. And he was born in 1913. He's going to end up dating Francis. Oh. His dad was a real estate salesman, and he doesn't marry Francis. He married a woman named Sammy Taylor in 1940, and Mm -hmm. he worked in a men's clothing store. Mm. And at some point, Virgil becomes a farmer. In addition to farming, Mm. he was also an insurance agent, so he kept busy. Mm. He was a veteran of World War II, and he died in 1974. May 25th, 1935. We got the house all clean, and then we went down to the tennis court and played a while. I'm learning all over again. After dinner, I rested, was sitting on the porch, and Lucille came over. Bob came, and we all sat around. Everyone left but Bob, and I thought he never would. He came back after supper and took me to the dance. Earl Shelton brought him. We were the first ones there. He's the drummer, and he had to be there early. We went to the cafe with Unc and Francis during intermission. We came home at 12. I came home with Unc and Francis. Twelve. I guess she's showing her eighteen authority coming home all late. But Earl Shelton is a friend of Unk's, and he's Uh Unk's age. In nineteen forty, he's a car salesman married to a woman named Eleanor, and they have a daughter named Patricia. And sometime in the midst of all of that, he was a sergeant in the army during World War II. In nineteen fifty, he's working in the auto parts industry, and he'd actually been doing that. Uh, his whole life. And Earl will die in 2001. So Unc and Francis are dating. And just yeah. like Elizabeth, two, okay. three days in town, and she's dating. got a boyfriend. Isn't that funny? 
The well, they were souls. such pretty girls, yeah. and they're new in a tiny little town. Yeah. All the single boys yeah. are coming out of the woodwork <laughs> for this one. May 26, 1935. Francis and I got Lucille and went to Sunday school at the Baptist Church. Walt Kinder, Lucille's fella, brought us home. After dinner, Francis' mother and I took a little cruise. Bob was supposed to come about 2.30, but didn't. Francis and I went to the tennis court, only played one game. He and Lester Francis came by after supper, went to Lutesville, and got Mary Hastings. We went to the show at Cape. It was Shirley Temple in Our Little Girl. We stopped at our old stomping grounds and got a sandwich and Coke. Didn't dance any. Okay, she has old stomping grounds. I know already. She hasn't <laughs> yeah. even been there a week. Yeah, right. <laughs> but we do find Walter Kinder. He's actually uh-huh. James Walter Kinder. And sorry, Lucille, he's not going to marry you. In 1940, he registers for the draft in World War II and is immediately drafted. He became a chief warrant officer in the Air Corps in the 17th Pursuit Squadron. And that, I looked it up, was in the Philippines. Mm. Walt will receive a Purple Heart and a Presidential Unit Citation. And I didn't know what that was, and my military people will be proud of me. I looked it up. Mm -hmm. This unit must display gallantry, determination, and esprit de corps in accomplishing its mission under extremely difficult and hazardous conditions, Mm. so as is set apart from and above other units participating in the same campaign. So whatever the 17th Pursuit Squadron did, they took big chances. It was a SEAL team. I don't think so. Uh, well, I mean, at the time. Was it? Of the time. Oh, kind maybe. Yeah. Maybe so. The equivalent. But the presidential unit citation was uh, incepted, or that's not the word, was started by President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. So he, and that has that citation has been awarded in conflicts such as World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, Iraq War, and the war in Afghanistan. Huh. So it was something that FDR came up with, <laughs> and Walt got one. So that's bravery. Yeah, 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 for sure. Gosh. But right before he goes off to mm-hmm. war, he does marry Germaine Long. Mm-hmm. Their marriage does not last because she actually remarries in 1947. I don't find him on any 1950 censuses, so maybe he stayed with the military mm-hmm. and was overseas. But in 1965, I did find a marriage record of him marrying Winona Reynolds. He'd also served in the Korean conflict. Oh, that's why I don't find him in 1950. Uh, right. He's in Korea. He's here. And then Walt dies of lung cancer oh, no. in 1972. Yikes. So that's kind of young. Yeah. And he served his country. So yay him. What do you, I play taps for the people who died. Mm-hmm. What do I play for like heroes? Like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to... I'll have to find some military, like, do-do-do. Anyway, Mary Hastings Uh is older than Elizabeth. She's born in 1913. Her father was a real estate agent in town. I actually find a lot of people in this town who are not farmers. Uh-huh. I, a lot of people uh-huh. are mailmen and teachers and merchants and yeah. are architects. I mean, there's just, it's, yeah. Not a farming community, huh? I, I, not I don't so know. far. I yeah. mean, I'm sure there had to be farms nearby. But anyway, he's uh-huh. a real estate agent. Okay. And she marries a man named Thurston Hill. And he was a teacher in Dexter, Missouri. And that's where they lived out their life. And she lived until 1991. Right. 
May 29, 1935. We washed two big weeks washing this morning. Had to hang part of it over at Barker's. After dinner, I had my hair curled and got all slicked up. Lucille and I had our pictures made by a photographer over at her house. I looked at her memory book. We went to town. Francis and I got the car and went to the ball game. They asked me to go. We were sitting in front of Allen's when Len Bidewell came along and talked to us. Unc asked him to go with us to the medicine show, and then we went for a ride. Gee, I think Len is cute. I wish I could date him. No chance, though. I know. Uh, <laughs> she finally met her match. I know. Why doesn't she think she has a chance? Maybe he's seeing someone. She doesn't yeah, tell right. us. But I crawled all over the census looking for the Barkers, mm-hmm. thinking this was a neighbor. And Mm -hmm. I mean, if I found a nickel for every Barks and Baker in town, but no Barker. And then I think I'm going to find out later it's a place, like a store. Over at Barker's, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, yeah. but I did find Len Bidewell and he is cute because we have a picture of him. He was born in 1916. He ended up attending Southeast Missouri State College, and after that, he moved to Texas. In 1950, he joins the Navy for a couple of years, and when he gets out, he stays there in Texas. He marries a woman named Valerie Beerbound, and he dies in 2010 at the age of 94. We're going to meet a lot of Bidewells in this, and they all live lovely long lives, so good for them. So we'll keep our eye on Len for a bit. May 30th. 1935. Got a letter from Bob saying he would be by tomorrow night to go to the apron and overall party. Got a letter from Billy. Albert and Clara sent me my coat I left in Potosi. Got a much-delayed graduation present from Francis Peewee Rowell. It was a box of Lucretia Vanderbilt powder. Francis and I talked to Lucille a while. After dinner, the family drove to Cape, saw the River Memorial Park, etc. Came back and took the car to town. I talked to Lucille and Wilma Kirkpatrick, but Francis was roped in by Wilma Hastings. She certainly worked Francis. We took the kids to the medicine show. Fred asked us to go riding. We had to wait on the kids, so it was about nine. They came by, I was with Fred, and Francis was with Lyman Cruder. Not much fun. They're dating like crazy sure people. Are these girls. So I found the Wilmas. I love that we have two Wilmas. And yeah. Wilma Kirkpatrick is a newlywed when we meet her in this entry. And she was formerly Wilma Slinkard. She oh. was born in 1915. And her first husband was Robert Kirkpatrick. And they'll have two children. And they'll be living with his mother in 1940. In 1950, they have two more children. And Robert is a car salesman. And he ends up being a tax collector for the county. But he dies in 19. 19- of a coronary inclusion. There's that section on the death certificate that says how long it takes from when they get their illness to their death, which I always find interesting. And the doctor wrote seconds. Whoa. So he just dropped. Didn't know what had hit him. But have no fear. Wilma Kirkpatrick will end up marrying a man named Paul Kinder. So she'll be Wilma Kirkpatrick Kinder. (laughs) So good for her. And then, of course, there's Wilma Hastings, born in 1916. She married a doctor named Quincy Johnson II, and they moved to Louisiana, Missouri. That's confusing, Uh, but that's okay. (laughs) And they'll have a son. Well, actually, they'll have two sons. They'll have Quincy Johnson III and Mariette, who is a boy. 
Marry oh. it. Huh. That'll get your butt kicked on the playground. <laughs> Marry it. I guess it's a family name. It's lovely. Huh. Wilma dies in 1999. Her husband dies in 2001. And of course, when you're looking on Find a Grave, it shows you family, you know, people yes. that are related to you. And I saw that their son, Quincy yeah. uh, the, the Third, uh-huh. had passed. And he has a huge black tombstone. You rarely see black yeah, stones yeah, in America. Right. That's a real European thing. Huh. It's gorgeous. And it says on it, mm-hmm. architect extraordinaire and loving father. And then it has a quote from him underneath it that says, design is everything. Oh, all uh, right. He was a, yeah. It was an architect and, a yeah. design- and very so proud of it. Go. May 31st, 1935. After I had bathed, Francis and Lucille curled my hair at her house. Bob came by. He took Francis and me to the apron and overall party. They had a court and then a dance. The dance didn't last long. I didn't dance so much. Bob brought me home. Grandpa, I mean, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to have several men here in the running. But there we have it. Bill and Belle are behind us. So back burner Bill and Belle. Yep. It went on his own way. And here we are in Marble Hill. Will she find the love of her life in Marble Hill? Who knows? But so far we have... I do. <laughs> Spoiler, Mark knows. <laughs> I hate that I won't be able to surprise him for that one. But we have Bob in the picture, Mr. Bob Drum. And we have all these pictures that will be on our Patreon as soon as this episode is over. And if you want the first 30 minutes of episode 25 right now... Head on over to the Patreon at the $10 level and uh, check it out because we love to have those for you. And um, yeah, I guess that's all we have for today. That was fun. I know. success. Anybody from Marble Hill who has some information they'd like to share with me about this quaint and lovely little town, reach out to us. Don't forget to send us your, I'm Liz from Charleston and you're listening to My Grandma's Diaries because I do find that I would like some more. I I love listening to them. I love using them in our podcast. And uh, that's all I have for you guys. So we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. I'm Ellie from Manuka, Kentucky. And you're listening to My Grandma's Diaries.